So in this new series of interviews, I am inaugurating with Brazilian photographer, all-round goth, Carolina. <laughs> How are you doing? Good, you thank doing? you. So, um, yeah, we're just going to have pretty much a back and forth, just talk a bit about her work, uh, her photography. You can find her in Instagram at Carol Bonardi. Carol Bonardi. Um, yeah, that's B O N A R D E. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just completely. I, I'm used to spelling in Portuguese. <laughs> well, um, firstly, uh, you're Brazilian, and well, as part of the Brazilian diaspora here in London, um, when did you get first get in touch with? Uh, photography and mostly film photography and the sort of style that you do yeah. um yeah funny enough i start shooting photos because i i used once i arrived here in london and i always been like a crazy uh cinema fan i realized that they had like movie premieres uh here in london and that the stars would come on the red carpet and sign autographs and stuff Mm-hmm. So I started going to these events and uh, with just a normal digital camera, but then I wanted to update, up- upgrade a camera and get like nice shots of the celebrities. So mm-hmm. uh, I had a digital camera and just started shooting like this. And then I started really like loving shooting with natural lighting and, and making the pictures quite dramatic because I always loved cinema mm-hmm. and I, I always being influenced, I guess, by... The, the, the photography of cinema so you know cinematography in general and um and then you know based on that i started uh, i always watched lots of films and i would be very drawn to the films that had that film look so yeah. when i used to watch films like one car wise in the mood for love or andre tarkovsky's film you know that look amazing they have that amazing photography I started seeing then like maybe some film cameras who gave me that look. Mm. So I just, I was married at the time. So me and my ex-husband always kind of liked cinema. And we started just trying some analog photography because we we loved that look. Mm. And yeah, that's when I got my first Polaroid. And then I started experimenting with Polaroid. And that's that's probably around 15, 16 years ago. Like, yeah. it's quite a long time ago. I started experimenting with Polaroids. And I got like a, a Polaroid Spectra, which mm. is a more professional Polaroid. And you have the option of taking the flash off, of doing multiple exposures. So I started taking portraits like this with very natural light. Um, Eventually, I started uh, asking models to come and and pose for me, and I just I just wanted to get that that beautiful film look that also kind of looks like a painting. is very dreamy, mm-hmm. and and that's when I started ages ago. It's nothing to do with uh, music actually. So <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Do you look back on any um, old pictures of yours, like ten when you first started getting in, into film photography, and just go like, oh, that's actually quite cool, and just see your, like your progression? Is there any early work that you really oh i love my early work to be honest i really think i was putting a little bit more thought into it because i was uh, planning actual shoots whereas now Mm. i'm shooting a little bit more in a documentary style and more like a verite style than just shooting around my my own life basically so my friends people i hang out with um yeah and also because back then like for instance 
because I'm like a, a huge Polaroid fan and I shoot a lot instant film, you we had the original Polaroid films, which were completely different from today, you know. Mm. And the, the Polaroid Spectra cameras, they're also rare nowadays. They are basically dying out. I don't know what it is, but the Spectras, they have a battery inside the camera. It's not only on the film. So therefore, they are basically dying. So when you mm. buy a Spectra camera, they're kind of pricey. The film is a bit harder to find and and still they're not the same as they were. So yeah, I mean, when I look back, I had a really amazing camera that worked mm. well. The film was great. And even when Polaroids stopped doing film, uh, Impossible Project took over and they did very experimental film because they were trying to, to reach that formula of the old uh, Polaroids. And even though like some people were very unhappy that it was so experimental and was giving us some unpredicted results, I actually love it because I've, I've got some amazing photos because of that, you know, quality of the film that was very unpredictable. So yeah, I love my early work actually, I really do. Yeah. Um, do you ever think about um, planning shoots, sort of going back to the conceptual thing or are you a bit um, taken by the whole documentary style? Yes, I am thinking about it. It's just that it is a lot of work and it is a lot of money. So. I used to spend a lot of money on these shoots. It's just that now I'm completely broke. It's really, I cannot mm -hmm. work for free anymore. <laughs> so um, I do it with bands because I think it is something that I want to have. I mean, now I have this thing that I do work, do want to work with bands. And, and most of the times the bands they do uh, offer me, you know, something in return and it's fine. But um, it is a bit expensive to shoot with film. So unless I have, and also like I would need other people involved. So back then I used to have a, a stylist that would bring the clothes that we need, mm -hmm. uh, my makeup artists, you know, and these people were all collaborating. So they were also doing for free. They were giving their own time for free. It's just, yeah, I, do, I don't have the patience anymore for it, I guess. It just takes mm -hmm. a lot of preparation. And unless I do really have like a concept in my head, I, I will do it. But I stopped doing that a long time ago. I think it's a job that unless somebody is paying me to do it and mm. even planning a little bit for me, not just me going after all these things, I don't have the energy mm -hmm. to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like, um, because, well, as much as you come from Sao Paulo, right? Mm -hmm. um, from my perspective, Sao Paulo has always been a very culturally active uh, city, but in terms of like how it stands in the epicenter of culture london will always like outrank it in us in the sense of being so worldly and taking influence for, from so many places yeah so do you think that like london makes it easier to be creative well i've been here for such a long time i arrived here when i was 20 years old um i'm now 38 so i didn't have much of a chance back then when I never had a camera when I was growing up, even though I always loved photography. And my father, uh, how do you call, uh, my godfather was a, a brilliant photographer. Um, I had another friend that used to take pictures when we were kids, basically like teenagers and hanging out. Um, and I, I saw his pictures of my of my cousins growing up, like and because they were very beautiful girls. And um, I remember looking at the pictures like, oh my God, I wish I could do this. Like I could, I wish I could be the photographer, you know, behind. Mm -hmm. So I, I got inspired by photographer before in Brazil. But the thing is over there, growing up poor, is really hard for you to get hold of 
of yeah. equipment and I could not exercise, mm -hmm. you know, and practice being a photographer. Mm -hmm. uh, so, it's, yeah, of course, here in London, when I arrived here, everything is much cheaper, you know, and it's a different level of, of mm -hmm. how you live your life and the, the costs of things is just, yeah, so it is, it is more viable for creatives to do things. Mm -hmm. Uh, how is your, um, nowadays, how, what is sort of like your mindset when you're going into a shoot in sense of like, uh, one of the newest like documentaries, um, oriented stuff, like what do you go and what's your, what's going on in your mind when you're behind the camera? Um, I think I, what I want is actually get to know people. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'm going there with a very open mind, open heart, and, and I just want to try to connect you know with people in general i'm i think i fall in love with people quite easily i will look at someone and think oh my god this person is so beautiful and so interesting and and especially when you are interested in someone in a case like oh if he's a band oh my god i've already been listening to their songs like crazy and mm. you know he's been making a turmoil of my feelings for a long time already so obviously mm. i'm already gonna arrive there inspired um, with my friends it's easy because whenever I'm around, even if I don't know people so well and it's just a matter of being acquainted, you know, or just hanging out in the same places and stuff, you, I just like to, to see things with a different eyes and, and I enjoy shooting people instead of actual models nowadays, um, something that I don't really do much anymore. Not that I wouldn't do it again, but I like to get to know people and, 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 you know, seeing what is really beautiful and interesting in them or even odds or if I'm, it doesn't mean that I'm going to make them look like fashion models or, you know, whatever standard of beauty it is. I want to get my own vision of that per person basically. So mm -hmm. that's what I try to do. I just, and I want to get a, a special moment or a special glimpse or a special gaze or, you know, and it just happens to be in a, an amazing place that we could work with the room or mm -hmm. that's what I, I like create the ambience you know and mm -hmm. and make a, a one photograph becomes a whole world that you can look and there is somebody there there is somebody living in that place is a world you know and and that's that's what inspires me mm -hmm. I, I noticed that a lot especially with when you take um band pictures because whenever i usually see band pictures when you go like on the spotify page or you google them it's always um it kind of stems a bit from like the magazine uh perception of how a band photo should should look so it's always very studio and it's always like these huge poses and they're looking a bit larger than life but your pictures actually bring a sort of weird intimacy yeah where you actually like it's it, it's kind of you you look through your feed and you'll see all these different people in clubs or maybe in a in an apartment or in the staircase or in the street and then between these people you'll see a band that maybe you you've listened to mm -hmm. and they're sort of like in a bit of a laid-back setting and it's just like it's almost intimate you kind of kind of give that gives that sense of like being backstage and just like talking to them or like being out of house and talking to them and I find that to be very curious because um, so much of band photography and band photo shoots 
sort of detach the listener from the band. You just kind of like you you're listening to them, and then you you Google the band and you see them. They're like larger than life, and like this is big lights on their face, <laughs> and you know they all look like they've got the fanciest clothes, and they're like outside in the desert or in an airport or something like that. Yeah. Um. It's something that kind of feels a bit detached. Like I would never be in a picture like that. Yeah. But when you look at your pictures, it's a bit more like it's intimate. You know, you just see them like sitting on a couch or like looking at the camera or something like that and I find that to be interesting I think that that's an interesting perspective because it kind of breaks a bit of the barrier between listener and band just kind of joins them makes it a bit more about the music experience in itself yeah I think uh, intimacy is one word to describe my work that's for sure I always try to be intimate with my subjects uh, it takes me, that's why it takes me time to make one photograph sometimes and and I do take my time, I do talk to people a lot, I mean if, if, you, have, if you would ask anybody from the band, they know how I am, I will take the time and I won't ever put the camera in their faces be, be, before I'm absolutely sure they're comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I do have a little bit of, just a tiny bit of time and then I'll have to rush but I'll still be really respectful i try like i don't want to force anybody into taking i'm, I'm never going to be a paparazzi for instance i will never mm-hmm. just like oh hey shoot and shoot mm-hmm. something you know what i mean i really prefer to take very little photos but good ones that show that intimacy and the uh, respect we have so i have for them and they will have for me um we're both making our time to do that uh and it's hard for them because they have very little time sometimes on mm-hmm. tour and I also have very little time with them and I've been on their show and I already enjoy the whole uh, show and I'm a, I've been carrying equipment all night, I'm tired, you know, like uh, it is like I, I put the effort because it's worth it, you know, yeah. but I always wanted to have that intimacy and um, that's what I try to achieve. I don't want to just get uh, a, a mediocre pic- picture, if mm. you know what I mean. Otherwise, there is no. I mean, lots of people will do that. Lots of people can do that, you know. Mm. So I do try, and also my pictures already have that dreamy feel to it. So when I manage to get my picture my way with with that intimacy that they allow me to, then I, I think it does put uh, the band in a, in a different way that they are not uh, so larger than life, but also put them in a different dimension. So it's not so so uh, realistic mm-hmm. because of the way I shoot they still want that in a different kind of world isn't it but yeah it is it shows that intimacy and shows that uh, naturality and that you know and their humanity in a way I don't know yeah perfect um do you ever look at your work and you can sort of see certain direct aspects that you kind of correlate to your influences like oh this kind of reminds me yes um exactly yes it does because i do think a lot about composition Uh, i do think a lot about color if i'm using color film Uh, so i'm always looking for maybe some complementary colors and stuff so that yes like you know one car y is an amazing uh atmosphere of contrast and and complementary colors all the time because Christopher Doyle the cinematographer is a, a genius and he's my hero basically he's the reason I mm-hmm. I started going to visual arts he just he just moves me like so deeply 
And yes, I'm, I'm also very influenced by painters, so that create atmosphere. So I love uh, Hopper and I love Francis Bacon as well. So I do, I do use a lot of geometry and, you know, composition on my shots. Mm -hmm. So that, therefore, like sometimes, especially with bands and some certain portraits, I do work with the whole room and I like it. I, I'm not taking just a portrait. I can as well. I do like straight portraits and, and it's great, but I'm very fascinated by creating a whole universe in one photograph. So that's important to get the whole ambience, you know, and the atmosphere, uh, atmosphere of, of the place as well. I'm mm -hmm. really interested in that. What would be like the farthest? Well, I don't want to say like something that would be a bit scandalous, like saying, What's the craziest thing you've ever done for a shot? But what was the farthest that you've ever gone for a shot? Like, <sighs> I wouldn't do this normally, but for this shot, I would do it. I. Well, I've traveled to other countries just to, <laughs> just to you know, follow like a band that I like, for instance, like when Minute Machine which is the band of my heart, went back together and they were going to do their opening show in Dresden. And to be honest, we didn't even do pictures there. It was just... It was like a, a little bit of a stressful, um, you know, day for the girls and anyway, some problems, but I was just there with them and it just made me so incredibly happy, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I, I traveled to another country, booked a hotel and just, just stay there, you know, because I wanted to see the show. And I think that's what I would do. I was thinking about, about doing something even more crazy now at the end of the year. It's just that this COVID situation is making it really hard to travel. Yeah. So I can't, but I was, I was planning something related that I would go and to the end of the world to see someone that I really love. <laughs> fair enough. I mean, fair enough. So um, I, I don't usually have much money, but I will, if I have to come up with that money just for that, I will, you know, not eat much during the month or whatever, I won't pay a bill and I'll go and do this. So I think that's the craziest I'll go. I'll probably spend money that I don't have to go mm -hmm. and do this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, um, is there anything you usually want um, subjects of your pictures or someone who's modeling for you or someone ju who just happens to be in the room and you, you're going to see a picture? Is there anything that you kind of wish that they would have in mind when you're going to point a camera at them? Just like something just like, n not necessarily in terms of like, oh, don't be nervous or anything, but just something that you would like to communicate like this is what I'm trying to capture. Um, I will always, that's why I like to spend time with people before I shoot. Mm -hmm. So I do, I do spend time with people. I don't go straight away into shooting. It's, it's very rare. Um, I always try to make, uh, explain the way that I like to work. Um, I don't like when people get too posy. Mm -hmm. uh, so even when I shot with models, I have to tell them to get rid of those habits of modeling yeah, and stuff because yeah. I prefer instead of someone being all arched up like this, you know, with the chest out and butt up and shit like that. I prefer the opposite. I prefer people to just like, um, how do you say, withdraw, slouch, slouch yeah, you know, yeah, slouch, yeah. like get some, yeah. something that is a bit sad even from inside yourself. Don't give me that, ah, mm, like I, I don't like that. Like it's not, it's because I'm, I think my images are, are very poetic in a more melancholic way. And that's mm -hmm. what I want to keep. I don't want to make it glamorous. Um, so 
sometimes it's nice to have a little bit of glamour if it's very raw, you know, if it's just like a a more underground photos or like beautiful creatures in the night, then yes, it's fine mm -hmm. to be glamorous in that sense, but it's still dark, you know, but mm -hmm. I don't like any kind of like, I, I'm not trying to make you look like uh, the bloody Vogue model or something like that. I don't yeah. want it like that. I don't want it. <laughs> Do you ever feel that way when you're doing self-portraits? Uh, yeah, like when I'm doing self-portraits, I think I'm, I'm, I'm good now at trying to get something that I need, which is basically something very honest and is on my gaze. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I try to, to get that that rawness and honesty in my self-portraits. And it's always been a way for me to communicate when I can't say exactly what I'm feeling. I cannot tell you exactly what's going on with me, but something is going on. And I'm going to leave that as a message that I'm just sending it out to the universe or whatever. You know, it's not... I can't say with all the words, so look, I'm going through this, this and that. I, sometimes I don't even know as well why I'm yeah. feeling like this. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know, but you know, you don't really. like. And I like it to do it because I started doing that when a bad time of my life that I could not uh, communicate much with other people. I'm very introvert, even though I tr people will say, I never think that you are an introvert. Like, like I am. I, I had to work really hard in becoming somebody that actually is sociable and can socialize well, now I can, mm -hmm. you know, I, I mm -hmm. used to not be able to. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, I don't know, I just, I think that's just a form of, of it was a form of therapy for me and I felt it works when I, I make the self-portraits. And sometimes I'll look back at them and I'm like, oh no, that's crazy, that's ridiculous, like no. But a lot of them actually, they, they are now a mark in times of my life and I know exactly why they're there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, um, I get that, that impression because, um, well, I'm not a photographer, but I feel like self-portrait can be like the closest that photography can get to making music because mm -hmm. you're trying to capture something from yourself. Yeah. And it's really difficult to communicate that and you put a lot of effort, but at the same time, it feels like a bit of like a balance of what you should conceal and what you should reveal to whoever is receiving it. And of course, people are going to interpret uh, the, the, the image or the song in different ways. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it is a bit of shadow play. Like, it kind of feels like a bit like I want, I want to document something about myself. But at the same time, how much of that is... is it's a bit of a laborsome thing, like trying to get in front of the camera and being behind the camera whilst in the song you, you know you're you're the one who's making the song at the same time you're the one whose the song is about so yeah <laughs> it's always like this dual sort of dynamic which i find to be interesting and it kind of makes things a bit a lot more difficult i think that maybe like writing songs about other people must be a bit it, it must be a bit easier and i think that maybe taking pictures of other people might be a bit easier than being like the subject who is trying to expose. Yeah, funny enough, to be honest, I always see my models as a little bit of alter egos for me. Mm -hmm. So even when I photograph people, even from bands or even I'm, I'm still looking in my subjects, something that is in me that I can have affinity with. So that's I think that's the reason that I don't like anything too glamorous. You know, I'm not a glamorous person at all. So mm -hmm. what I'm looking is melancholy is 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 something that's is deep inside you, you know, is something that um, can move somebody else, you know, that more people can have that 
and it is real and it's raw so i think that's what i'm looking all my subjects because i'm like this so it's funny i always look i, I one of the, i mean some people might even like mix up me with some of the models i shot before oh is this you like i used to shoot this model kate uh webster brown she's gorgeous but um we slightly similar because she's got short hair a lot of times in her shots mm -hmm. and stuff and because my pictures are kind of surreal like most people wouldn't understand who was who so i always like i like that she gave me that sensuality which mm -hmm. is something that i also have but not in a vulgar way there was always mm -hmm. a mystery into it and i feel that i'm a lot like that so i think we worked really well together because of that so i think it's the I, I I look for something that is similar that I can have affinity with in most of my subjects, basically. Yeah. Um. Do you feel like that kind of um, this sort of self in not exactly self insertion but self reflection of the subjects kind of influences who you pick to take pictures of? Totally. Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. Does that reflect on how you take pictures of band bands? Well, the bands are like. They are alive inside myself by the time that I, I get to shoot them. Like, yeah. I don't know them in person. I just know what their music is doing to me mm -hmm. and, you know, how it made me feel. Mm -hmm. So that's what I try is to to get a little bit of that deepness of, of emotions that I will sense. Sometimes it's hard. It's like, it doesn't mean that it's always going to be a completely emotional picture. I just really try to bring, like, I, I love working with female uh bands like female artists mm -hmm. you know because i think you know obviously like i like photographing women a lot and mm -hmm. um, and and i can also have that affinity with them and i always think they understand me as well and it's great because um Depends. Uh, some people might even like not understand my work and then think oh wait wait a second this is a bit weird or you know like Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm being a little bit too coming up too strong, or some guys might just think, you know, oh, she's hot, or then and they're gonna yeah. think that I'm, you know, and and that I don't like. And I've had had times that I felt that people were being dis disrespectful, and I just didn't show up for the the photos, basically, like yeah. because I thought the the communication was a little bit um, disrespectful. Mm -hmm. So. I always like most of the times the bands that I'm shooting there's always a female member and it's great mm -hmm. uh, some of the guys that I shot the, of the bands they're always being very respectful I think there were people that um, we may ended up having a great uh, even if it's a quick exchange it was good and respectful and you know and after that they gave me the respect like I gave give them respect so mm -hmm. yeah it was good do you feel like um, taking pictures of a band or like being present for the shoot or maybe looking at the pictures after you've already taken them changes a bit of your relationship to their music um to their music no not at all but it changes the relationship that i end up having with these people that suddenly become friends you know mm -hmm. that they know that i'm there for them and they you know i always going to be a supporter of their work um mm -hmm. And then they start supporting my work as well. So then it connects, yeah. it kind of connects everything, you know. So one band will be connected to, with the other sometimes even because of my work. 
you know, I'm shooting somebody and then suddenly there's another band that asks, can I take your picture too? And then suddenly it becomes something that mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. it's not that I'm create, uh, I'm not creating this thing, but I mean like you can see the bands that I've shot and they, they, they are like a chain because I don't know all the bands yet, but whoever I can add to my portfolio, it becomes like my, my own little world, you know what I mean? So I am creating my own little world and I will be adding to that. Or I, I will choose not to add certain bands that I don't know yet or is on my thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I think right now it is a little bit personal to me what I'm doing. It is because I'm choosing who I want to go and photograph. I'm the one that sends them a message. I'm the one that tried to see if they would make the time for me. So it is a little bit my own world. Um, yeah, sorry, I got a little bit lost about no, the, but that. No, but that, that's interesting. <laughs> I, I, I find it interesting that you kind of, um, because that thing, when you've got like the whole big studio uh, band shoots, yeah. that whole larger than life thing, it's so centered around the band or the image of like the band with a capital B and like the fan looking at the band and sort of feeling like that's connect. But as we speak of intimacy and the way that you sort of relate to the bands on a personal level and that reflecting on the photographs and um, coming as a consequence of you admiring their music, I find it to be very interesting how you take the bands and put them in your world instead of trying to seep into their world and just like capturing them at their best light. I think that that's a very very good way to sort of um, approach band photography instead of trying to use band photography to create a chasm between the listener and the band or the fan and the band. Well, it's definitely not commercial. So yeah. it's definitely because I love it. It's because he, I'm, I'm listening to these bands all the fucking time. You know, everything that I do is like I'm living my life with, this, with a soundtrack, with a constant soundtrack, you know, and mm-hmm. they're, they're always in it and it's always affecting me deeply. and. And it also drives me to, to do more pictures. It drives me to have relationships. It drives me to have bad times. It drives me to have good times. You know, like uh, mm-hmm. I'm always being like this with music. I never be a musician, but I'm, you know, yeah. that's the way that I, 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 I was an artist. I mean, I used to write a lot when I was a teenager and I used to, to write a lot of poetry. Mm-hmm. But once I moved in here, uh, the language I didn't have the enough enough grasp of the English language to mm-hmm. create uh, writing the way I used to do with Portuguese. So it was a little bit, you know, I start trying to write here, but it didn't work. I think that's also when I started getting photography as an artistic form as well of like, I need to express myself and that's my medium right now. So, mm-hmm. so that's why it transformed. It transformed from portraits, from digital photography, mm-hmm. for, to film photography, to like even surreal images, to something that I'm trying to to do to really express myself and my feelings, basically. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that comes through because um, looking at band pictures, like if, if someone follows you on Instagram or keeps up with your portfolio for a while and then they see a band image, they don't just like see it for itself. It's not the band for itself. They see it through you. Yeah. And I think that that is a very defining factor in how the band photography comes through. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for for the band members, at least like as an artist that can be very interesting because personally I, f- I always find it to be very valuable um the idea of seeing how my music is seen maybe re- represented by myself 
through the lens or through the eyes of those who listen to me rather than just being like that objective like the commercial thing yeah you know um you create like this specter of the listener that is relatable because we all listen to music and we all kind of fall in love with music in one level or another another and we all um see the artists that are our favorite artists through a specific emotional um chain and when you see band photography through the the lens of a listener it kind of just like it, it creates another level of subjectivity to the picture and i feel like that's that's really cool that's something that come kind of stands out in your work and Thanks. i really enjoy it <laughs> no i'm glad you like it <laughs> <laughs> well do you think that um because a lot of the bands that you take pictures they come from a certain niche mm -hmm. um and of course that there would be a relationship between um your pictures and your thoughts and feelings on that band and the band itself mm -hmm. um i kind of hate the whole elevator elevator pitch thing that people say like oh well if, if you were in an elevator and you had to describe your work to someone how would you do it in one sentence because it's mm. kind of it's really annoying everyone just like is always thinking but if you had to describe it <laughs> my work in yeah. one sentence could uh, be like a paragraph. Uh, <laughs> um, it's definitely raw, honest, and intimate. <laughs> Maybe Fair I think, enough. Yeah, I think Fair these enough. are these are three good words. A little bit crazy, a little bit uh, driven with emotions. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, mm -hmm. most of the time is an image that it is very driven with emotions. Like I'm terrible. I'm like a, a really like old-time romantic you have no idea like i'm really bad i'm really bad i'm i could sit under the tree just writing poems about the person i'm infatuated with all day i'm this sort of person you know like yeah, yeah and yeah. it's really like i don't think there's many people like me anymore in the, in the world but um um yeah that's how i am so i think all my images are quite uh, filled with emotion i try to at least um even if it's like just a dread uh, or it's a desire, it's, you know, something that has, brings you a sensation or something, I don't know. I try mm. to, to get something that, me, me, you know, messes up with your feelings, basically. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, let me think. Because... The, uh, the way that I see it is that that reflects a lot in the the type of bands that you take pictures totally. of totally yeah like, <laughs> exactly it won't be i won't see you like at the o2 arena taking nope. like pictures of like a, a diva walking out no nope. i feel like there's a component to it that is specifically of the underground and when i say like underground of course there's like um i, I mean independent music but i also mean like the independent environment of like the small club and like the few people like having a pie and then seeing this really small band on a small stage yeah but the the the, the, the speakers are almost distorted they're blasting so loud music and then afterwards everyone just hang around the merch table and talk to the band mm -hmm. and sort of yeah i think that that's like a, a component of intimacy in a way it is i only like small gigs yeah yeah I didn't I used to not like small gigs and then I moved to London and I've learned to appreciate them. Yeah, yeah. Small gigs in London are something else. Like I even cry when my favorite bands are getting so big and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're gonna be playing a huge 
stage and soon that's not gonna be the same yeah yeah <laughs> i've always been like if, I, i could always like appreciate like i'm glad that you're doing well i'm glad that you've got loads of fans but yeah boy i'm not ready to spend like 40 pounds on a ticket exactly to see you. <laughs> not only that just stay too far away you know yeah it's just like yeah or not not know some people most of the people they are in there or hardly or maybe no one When you go to a gig, there's just so many people you can't find anybody that you know, or you know, like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I'm sorry, I do wish them all the best and lots of success, but I, <laughs> I hope they never get mainstream because that's that's gonna be very sad. There's always a social component to independent music and small gigs as well, um, which is sort of like that hidden thing, like, you'll be walking down the street in London. And then you'll see this pub and you won't even think about it. You just keep going on on your way. But if you go into that pub, mm -hmm. they've got uh, a showroom in the yeah. back. And then there's a band that's playing that's really good. And like people are just listening. You can just like go in for like 10 quid. Or, like, I know. 15 well, now, now it's terrible times like, you know, for, yeah. for the venues and and the bands itself and everybody that the, the, the promoters of events like this is a very, very worrying time and something that is really also making me worried uh not because oh because i like to shoot bands no because i'm seriously concerned that uh all this amazing work they do is gonna end up dying out or because just people are just gonna have to stop doing it you know because mm -hmm. they will have no other option so one thing that is really making me worried now is is this is the survival of of arts and shows and and events and you know it's 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 very weird. We're in the very weird times of... It looks like also all art is being curbed. You know, other things could have been curbed. Like, um, why are you eating on a, on a, a restaurant or like on a junk mm. food restaurant that is going to make you even more susceptible to get like an infectious disease or something? Mm. And, you know, no, McDonald's is up and running, but then, you know, they won't give support to... The independent to independent art and uh -huh. things that make people feel good mm -hmm. things that make people you know think think that make people get out of a rut i don't know yeah people can work home office they don't actually need to go to their office but like offices are reopening and restaurants and pubs are reopening sports pubs that yeah but no know, no not allowed no any events yeah. or or live music and stuff like this is going to be Yeah. Yeah, it's complicated, and it gets it gets all the more depressing when you see the government saying like, "Oh, just rethink, reskill, reboot." Oh my know? God, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> it's really heartbreaking, yeah. and also you feel like it's time for for a revolution or some sort or something, you know? Because these people they are getting like pay rises uh, on times it. like this, and tell then the arts are not getting any help with anything. People are are getting their like now furlough is gonna be. <laughs> Oh, we need like some another French Revolution or something. <laughs> Go with pitchforks and, and torches, you know, and yeah. cut off their heads or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna have to be something because this is impossible. They're just doing whatever they want, you know. A hundred percent. Surely, I wouldn't wish like economic damnation in the arts. However, um, I am a bit curious. Just wanted to keep an eye on because once we hit like winter, once. Maybe when the vaccine comes back, it comes out and people start to like, oh, okay, now COVID, people are immune to COVID, so let's start to bounce back. Yeah. And you've got all these venues that are closed off. You've got all these artists who cannot afford to tour, all these tour yeah. managers and sound guys and roadies. Everyone's and being most bankrupt. People. Yeah, everyone's bankrupt. 
what will that what will be the adaption like how will people adapt to that and what will because it feels like a smothering of the underground yeah so how does the underground usually retaliate because it usually comes with a sort of trend of counterculture or new way of thinking on how to make art circulate surely art will circulate in one way or another yeah but i'm very interested in trying to figure out how will be the methodology are we going to start seeing gigs in parking lots yeah people going to start like doing gigs in alleyways and you know like trying to set up venues in um empty lots and places that are can be squatted or expropriated yeah are we going to see like the comeback of you know squat culture in the sense of um a, a hub for the arts and if so what's that going to look like in aesthetically even like what's mm-hmm. the kind of music that people are going to start making in response to all of this yeah or what's the sort of, sort of visual art um trends that we will be seeing from people who kind of feel indignant and disfran- disenfranchised by the tory government so, yeah yeah definitely i think we have to kind of like uh, support a lot of you know, we're gonna have to change our our mindset a little bit of consumerism, and instead of like going to fucking Primark to get all the bloody outfits, whatever that you would on a monthly basis, you know, just maybe go and and support your favorite bands and get mm. them some merch and 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 buy the ticket ahead of an event that is probably a year from now or whatever, like mm. to just really show some resistance to to this. You know, it mm. might be a good time to change a little bit our. our the consumerist mindset of we need this, we need to buy, we need to eat, we need to, you know, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, fuck that shit. I mean, I haven't <laughs> got, I haven't bought clothes for me in fucking years. I don't know. I'm just like, you know, every clothes that I've been buying now is merch from bands. I'm buying like band t-shirts, you know, because I'm just like, uh, how can I help somehow? You know, yeah. like, he's like, so I think people should start thinking a little bit more like this, you know, like, I don't know, like I was, I just heard from, the guy who does most London shows last week has been he had been gone for a long time I hadn't heard anything so I was a little bit like worried about everything and what he said on the, his little interview is you know just start start buying the tickets even though the shows are far away you know mm-hmm. just really support the bands buy the merch buy the digital albums like you have to fucking you know it's hard for us to just stop listening to spotify completely but mm-hmm. whenever you can you know buy a, an album on bandcamp yeah you know yeah yeah band merch it's all about supporting um the arts as as in whatever way we can and sort of like hoping that the arts is it's it's sad because it kind of puts a bit of um survival of the fittest perspective and no one wants it we know we don't want people to be struggling to be able to make a living off their art we don't want people to like feel like they need to become like full of gadgets and techniques to be able to get as much money as they can of course not we want everyone to have a livelihood yeah but i am interested in seeing um what are the skills and like how do you say malabarismo? You know, like um, the new juggle. Yeah, the juggles yeah. that like the artists are going to, to pull out to try and trample over that because, of course, in the in the ultimate um sense, art will prevail. Art will yeah. continue existing. Music will continue existing. We will still have music in our lives, but how is it's a matter? It's becoming a matter of creativity, 
and I absolutely trust that artists will be creative. Um, it's just so damning and unfortunate that this is a setting. I know. It? Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. All right. So thank you very much for the interview. It's been lovely. Thank you for having me. And um, yeah, Karobo Nahadri in um, Instagram, if anyone's interested. Do you have any other platforms that you would like to? Uh, well, if you Google Carolini. Caroline Bonard, <laughs> then you will uh, find my website, which is just a carbon made website. It's no big deal. I'm mostly active on Instagram, anyways. Mm. But yeah. Are you selling prints by now? Uh, I, I, I actually took down my shop because it was costing me money. I wasn't really marketing it, or, you know, and, and I had had sales at first when I, I just did and I marketed. But then it was like, oh no, I'm just gonna. You know, put it down. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna be paying for yeah. it, and I don't want to be asking people to buy it all the time. So, yeah, if they want to buy it, they can uh, direct message me, and I'll arrange a print for them. So there you go. You can DM for any prints, or you can commission her. And yeah, thank you very much. Thank you.